They stole a lot of money. And now people want it from us. Now the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. And we're back. <laughs> Indeed we are. And we just finished watching the Widow's trailer for anywhere between two to five times. And it actually, so this last time, it was just audio only for me, and it's actually better when it's audio only. This is... Because you can hear the soundtrack so much more. This is going to be some real Steve McQueen nonsense. This man, he just scoops out your insides and lays them out for you on a plate. Well, I mean, Steve McQueen is a notorious asshole. We were at TIFF a few years ago, and a woman asked about... Um, there was a sex worker uh, who was an actor in Shame. In Shame, and uh, I don't remember the exact question. I but think it was like either are they real prostitutes or yeah, are they real prostitutes? And you know, he said they're actors, and yeah. then somebody else asked about the sex, and he said that's a stupid question. Yeah, like he basically turned this woman inside out for asking this question, and the shame was so deep and resonant. Very meta, considering the title of the movie. Yes, but he was like, he's such a shady motherfucker, and uh, he's very intense, but this movie seems to be, oh, so the movie is Widows, um, seems to be a sort of a, a, I'd say it's a different direction for him. He's a man who's known for making very deep, dark movies. This movie seems like a, like a lady heist movie. It is. And before, you know, the pre-Oceans 8 comparison start, this is, both of these movies are about the style of the either director or the the family movies they come from. Oceans 8 was all about the Soderbergh style, like that, yeah. you know, here's a bunch of famous people hanging out together, kind of, you know, pulling off a caper. The Steve McQueen movie is about what Steve McQueen wants to tell you, how he wants to show you, and he's going to make you feel things. So the fact that it's a bunch of women, based on the trailer for this, doing something that may or may not be legal, yeah. has, like, it's like comparing every movie with mostly men in it to every movie with mostly men that have a slightly similar premise, which makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, I'm going to call this McQueen's Four because there are four female... Um, well, I guess they're the protagonists of the movie. They are the ones who are involved in the heist, as near as we can figure from the trailer. But um, there's also, and this is something that Ocean's, I mean, this, we're not talking about Ocean's 8 explicitly, but um, the secondary and tertiary cast in this movie is, like, it's a rose gallery of, of great actors, so um, it looks like it's going to be incredibly fleshed out. I mean, Ocean's 8 was, you know, it's a great little summer caper movie, but there's little friction in the movie. They planned a heist and they pulled it off. This movie looks like there's going to be a lot more complexity to what they are trying to do. This movie looks like literally half of the best actress and best supporting actress category could come from this film. And I said it last year when I saw the trailer for Ocean, sorry, for Black Panther and I declared it my favorite movie ever. I am making the same assertion based on trailer alone for Widows. This is going to be my favorite movie. Well, not my favorite favorite because Mulholland Drive will but always be my favorite movie. This might but this be is my favorite, favorite movie of next year. Yeah. Or no, or this, this year. year. That's yeah, the thing. It's coming it's out in November. Year's Black yeah. Panther. It's my favorite movie of 2018. Oh, okay. Co co favorite movie with Black Panther. I f it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. 
Two black directors. God, I don't even know what my favorite movie of this year is. It might have to even be Black Panther. It's been a very good year for movies. I it has been. Thank also God, because real world sucks. Yeah, like uh, Hollywood is coming through bigly. Yeah. Thank you, Hollywood. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you, even cable television. I mean, yeah. The Good Place, they have their own podcast now. They just started. Yes, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't hear the podcast, but I heard that there was a podcast. I've listened to... Two or three episodes already. Yeah, and it's great. And they have Janet and Ted Danson doing all the intros. Oh, that's, that's yeah. actually kind of cute. Exciting what a podcast is. There are literally millions of them. <laughs> there are literally millions of them. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> good place. Uh, yeah, I am a... Um, I would listen to a Jamila Jamil podcast. Uh, I wish she would do one. She was on the episode that I just listened to. She oh, really? On, she They had her on the one, uh, the episode that was titled uh, For Her Character, one of the early ones. And it's funny, because like, listening to her talk about Manny Jacinto, and she's like, it, it was so distracting in the beginning, she said, because, you know, he's basically kind of like a male Angelina Jolie, which, I mean, I think he's cute, but I don't know, but... I guess if he's just being silent and all you have to look at is his face and he does have some lovely bone structure, mm-hmm. I guess it would be like, what else do you do in the scene? Because the actor is giving you as much as they can, but he's not allowed to speak. Oh, so. that's right. He was a yeah. silent monk. Yeah. yeah. So for the first many episodes, especially her character. There were soulmates. Yeah. Like she didn't know. Like he talked to other characters behind her back, but he didn't talk to her for like at least a, more than a handful. Uh, on air or was he going method? I don't think he was going method. No. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I I'd highly recommend that podcast, uh, listening to it, because it, it talks about how a lot of them got cast and how they found these sort of unknowns that somehow seem, like, familiar but new. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we've gone so far from Widows. We have. We have. So, so back to yeah, Widows. Back to Widows. Back to Widows. Michelle Rodriguez, so excited to see her <laughs> doing what she's literally built for, which is escaping from people in a fast-moving vehicle and committing a crime. And not playing a trans man in a god-awful movie with Sigourney Weaver. I mean, the Q&A was great. At least I got to see her in real life-ish. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. whatevs. Um, God bless me. But um, that movie, the name of which I don't care about. There's been a lot of ups and downs for people post-Lost, I would say. Um, Evangeline Lilly right now is probably doing the best of your primary lost actors. Yeah, I would agree. But it's nice to see. And, you know, Michelle had the has the fast movies. So yes. it's not like she was ever, you know. And she died and she came back. Yeah, it's not like she was ever hurting for money. Yeah, they, they fridged her and brought her back, which, you know, action movies love killing a girlfriend to give the male characters motivation. So Yes, she was Dom's girlfriend. I, this, <laughs> I, I say this based on watching one and a half. Yes. Fast movie? She's literally why Two and a, a new generation knows the term ride or die. Yeah. Because huh? that, that whole what term, is, oh. like her character is ride or die for her man. Like, yeah. no matter what happens, mm-hmm. she's there. It's very literal. Though. Yeah. Because she rode and then she died. <laughs> anyway, this has nothing to do with <laughs> but widows. widows. No, but Michelle oh, Rodriguez. Oh, it's Michelle Rodriguez. That's, yes. yeah, tangentially. Yes, yeah. that is correct. And the blonde woman who you recognize and I didn't. Yeah, Elizabeth Debicki, who is a uh, Australian actress who came to prominence in The Great Gatsby with um, Leonardo DiCaprio a few years ago. Uh, she was sort of the breakout star from that movie, but she really hasn't capitalized on it. Um, she was in... Uh, <sighs> I thought about it earlier, and now I can't remember the name of that stupid spy show with Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. She played Tom Hiddleston's lover and Hugh Laurie's wife. 
Um, she actually reminds me of Kate Blanchett. It's not, well actually, she's a combination of um, Kate Blanchett and Evan Rachel Wood. Um, she's I, a, I was saying she gave me Bella Heathcote. But the thing is, uh, because she's so ridiculously tall, like she is, she's about, I said six foot, but she's about six foot three, like she is ludicrously tall. So in order to cast her, you have to have um, a male lead who's at least that tall, and they are few and far between. But this movie doesn't look like it matters um, how tall the men are. Um, so I guess the, uh, the conceit of this movie is that all of these women um, were married to guys who were in a crew, and all the guys got killed in a heist, and the women have to do something. Um, so I don't know who her partner is in the movie. Um, but yeah, she's really, she's fantastic, and I think it's time that she had a breakout role. It looks like a, this might be breakout territory for a lot of people. With, is she the one with John Barenthal? Uh, yes, but she doesn't like him. Yeah. But how could you, because he's a creep. I, I mean, his Punisher run was probably one of the best Marvel TV Did shows not. since the first season of Daredevil. Didn't watch it. It was good. Although he was also in The, the Jeremy... The what? Oh, we've seen The Count. He's The Oh, well, I was thinking of the Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen um, oh. uh, movie. Um, uh, Ty Sheridan wrote it. I'm not sure what the movie was called, but he was... a. He was actually quite good in it, and he uh, he gave some surprises. But he's kind of like the male endowed. When he shows up, you kind of know he's going to be playing a sinister dude. Um, I feel like uh, since Walking Dead, he's been he's rather got that face. Oh, yeah. Wind River. Yeah, Wind River. Yeah. But since but he's always cast as a bad guy. So uh, oh, he was also in that heist movie, uh, Baby Driver. Yes. But he's always like he's always that guy, and I don't know if he has the range. I think it's his face, though. I think he's. I feel like there's been moments uh, where you see his character having like a moment of levity. Definitely, and I know you don't watch Punisher. Some of the stuff with him and the woman who plays Karen, who is also another character that some people could, you know, take oh. or leave. But well, like, I loved he, her on True Blood. You're talking about the redhead. Yeah, they. He can have those moments. I think it's just because he's got that face. Well, I'd like him to be cast against type every once in a while, but yeah. in this movie, he doesn't appear to be cast against no, type. No, absolutely not. So, oh, actually, so let's break it down. So the men are um, Liam Neeson, who is... Um, Appears to be with Viola Davis. Yes, which... in, a, yes in a very loving way. Yeah. Uh, John Barenthal, who's married to... Uh, to um, uh, Elizabeth Debicki's yeah, character. But in a sinister way. Yes. And then some guy who's really good looking, but his head is cut off in the trailer because he's not famous, yeah. is Michelle Rodriguez's husband. Yes. And then Cynthia... Enviro or Enviro? I guess uh, it's Enviro. Cynthia Erivo. Erivo. Oh. Uh, she's married to some other guy? Yeah. I'm not sure who her, who her husband is. Yeah. But yeah, so that is sort of like the setup. And then. And it appears that there's two gentlemen who are, uh, at least from afar at a funeral, uh, menacing the woman. Yes. Uh, played by Brian Tyree Henry and. Daniel Kaluuya. You were going to say John Boyega, weren't you? I know you, you were. I know. I've said it all night, but you seemed as though you. I were... think you inceptioned it into me. So I know. I that's why there was like a there was a pregnant pause. I, yeah. That's what I thought. You were like, which one is it? Yeah, my pause is pregnant from that wave he does at the graveyard. Oh, yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> yeah, definitely. Thirst Aid podcast needs to like have a look at that wave. Mm. Um, so. Um, it... There are Woo. too many elements, so yeah. I saw the trailer three times back to back, and I realized the first time 
I saw the trailer, I took in about 60% of it. Uh, watching it again immediately, there were scenes that I, my my eyes must have seen them, Yeah. but my brain didn't process them. Honestly, I didn't even notice that it was uh, Cynthia Revo's character with that punching bag. Yes. Until this ran through. Yeah, like there's so much going on, which is really strange because once again, I saw it, I didn't blink, I didn't turn away, but yeah. there were entire scenes which I did not remember um, having watched mere seconds earlier, like, which says a lot about the visual. Uh, there's so much going on. What's, what's going on in the frame? It's, you know, there are people standing next to people and I didn't re- recognize one person standing next to one person. It's very exciting. Yeah, Jackie Weaver is playing. Yep. Elizabeth Debicki's mom, apparently. And as I mentioned earlier, there's about a foot and a half between them. Um, Robert Duvall. Yes, Robert Duvall is some sort of... Oh, and uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell looking great. Yep. Uh, looking he, That man has not aged. I mean... He looks exactly like he did in Tigerland. Like what, when he like was young, he ago? looked like a 40-year-old man, and mm. then he just stopped there. Ain't nothing yeah. wrong with the way he looks. Yeah. He's a, And he's a very good actor. When he was young, he looked like he'd been out all night drinking, and mm-hmm. then like once he sort of cleaned up his act a little bit, like he just stopped aging. And I kind of like this direction that his career is taking. He's not... Um, he's he's not one of these actors who his handsomeness has tended to work against him. He was but never now, meant to be a leading man. Now he's going for hey, it's that guy roles. Yep, and he's That's like great. he's you know he's like probably like seventh or eighth in the um, in the credits for this movie. He's not the star, or even I guess he's a secondary he's character. He's literally eighth on the IMDb page. Yeah. Um, and this is like that's kind of remarkable in a way. I feel like he's a pretty humble. I feel like he's a pretty humble guy anyway. But although um, I feel like IMDb is low key racist because Viola Davis is below him and Elizabeth oh. Debicki's at the top. Wait, is it alphabetical? Oh, it's alphabetical by the character name that are and the character names provided. Yeah, Viola's name is Veronica. Oh. Okay, and Elizabeth Debicki's Vi- character's name is Alice. So who's oh well that's okay. you know, so that's, it's, it's okay. That's still equitable. I don't. It's care yeah, about but that. I don't think that's how IMDb normally. No, it doesn't. I feel like it's normally based on the well. It's it's who's normally who's got top villain. Well, it's normally just by by fame order and like your contract or by order of appearance. Yeah. In the movie or by uh, alphabetical if the credits happen to be. Well, maybe they'll clean it up after the you know more details about the movie are released. Because yeah, when I go to the Black Panther page, Chadwick Boseman is at the top. And well, again, yeah. that's a, it's not a fair comparison because almost everyone is black. So yeah, if somehow Martin Freeman's character or uh, Gollum's character were at the top of the IMDb page, yeah, because arguably uh, yeah. Martin Freeman is more famous than Chadwick Boseman, or at least was when this movie was made. Yeah. Anyway, I am here for it and. Uh, very exciting. I mean, it's just June, so June, July, August, September, October. It's in November. November. It gives us something to look forward That's five to. Long months, I guess. In I November. I don't have besides. to take my life between now and November, but it's a real long. It's going to be a real long haul. Is there a new Star Wars movie coming out in November this year? I feel um, like they need to take a break after. Well, I didn't see Solo. I, I saw it in Solo. I know me either. It's the only of the new Star Wars movies that I haven't. Yeah. Um, and I. Probably will, but it's not a high priority. For I've me. seen Deadpool twice. I yeah, I've seen it once, and it's it just, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and I can't do everything. And the weather's nice. And there's a lot of great stuff on TV, so it's not as though I don't care about Solo. But I feel like if it time passes and I happen to watch it on my TV, I'm okay with that. Um, the most compelling reason to watch that movie is actually Donald Glover. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, I, the, there's just there's a lot. There's a lot. I, there's too much. There's too much. There's too much. I, you know, like uh, right now, 
So you know, Kimmy Schmidt came back a couple of weeks ago. And I did. I, I went through the whole thing. I've I've saved it. I've seen one. I've saved one episode because I want to watch the last episode before the second half of the season drops because okay. um, I just I that's how I like to watch stuff. I don't like to have to wait to watch the last or to watch the next one. Right. So I'd rather wait until there's another one on okay. deck. So but when it, is the next? Half of it coming. I'm not sure. Netflix okay. hasn't said. Right. They did the same thing with Arrested Development, which yeah. which I haven't bothered with because of the bullshit of the last season and Jessica all Walter. the Jessica Walter stuff. Oh. Um, so it's it's uh, it's I've canceled um, Arrested Development probably. It's fine. I can still get at least her voice on Archer. Yes, which, I haven't watched that for years either. It's had a lot of ups and downs. I've been ride or die Archer. Yeah, I tapped out of Archer quite some time ago. Um, not Archer's fault, but it's just with animated properties, it's it's a lot easier to just exit it. Like The Simpsons, like I don't feel like I've well, I'll never go back in the last to 20 years and not watching I'll The Simpsons. I'll never go back to The Simpsons, but I did, you know, after sleeping on BoJack Horseman for years, when I was unemployed, I went through all of it. And Is it everything that they say it is? It's good. It's not a good show to watch when you're day drinking and unemployed, because that's a lot of what BoJack does. So oh. it takes you, if you're in a dark place, it takes you darker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so perhaps not a great choice, but I loved it, and it was. I felt like this uh, washed-up animated has-been horse really. Uh, he really saw me. I, I felt seen. I struggle with. Well, that's not. That's a lie. I've been um, swept away by a lot of animated properties, but it's a hard sell for me to get into an animated property, yeah. especially that one. The premise and the character names and everything. Like you really need to be in the right headspace to get yeah. into that. Because I tried a couple times and I couldn't. Yeah, I tried a couple times too. Once I did, I was all the way in. That's what he said. Huh. So up to my next big decision. Right now, we're about four days away from the packages going on sale for the public for uh, the 2018 version of the Toronto International Film Festival. So that means they're already on sale for members, right? They have been on sale for members for a while. It's earlier than normal. I feel That's like what I thought. they're very thirsty yeah. for cash this year, and I feel like them putting the tickets on sale this early. They're kind of trying to get an idea of attendance and interest and other things but on the flip mm-hmm. side starting at this early you have this huge lag also you're cutting into like the money people have budgeted for summer vacations and, and summer shit. fun and whatever yeah. and it's like it seems really early yeah like when it came out i had you know i think when they announced that the the packages were going on sale super early for members you know, the last place I worked went bankrupt. We were going on vacation. I was like, I'm just not buying this now, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford to go this year. Now that I'm working again, I can, but I don't know. You don't have to see as many. I don't know if I, I mean, want to see back. 30 movies this year, but I feel like if it actually is somehow miraculously a good year, then I'll be like, oh, no, I should have got more tickets. And if you buy them later, they're so much more expensive. Um. Um, I'm not paying $20 a movie for, yeah. like, a third screening of something yeah. after the talents left town in, like, the sticky swamp of the Scotiabank when I have to walk up the stairs. That spoiler alert, Escalator is still not working. If you're from out of town right it's now, there's only one escalator working there at Scotiabank. I think it stopped working after last film festival. And, and hasn't been working it. since. Yeah. It's, completely, it's completely, like, walled off from the rest of the theater now. The other thing is, I hope when the <sighs> festival happens, they get rid of all that VR nonsense downstairs and make that a lounge area. Yeah. Or a lineup area instead of lining people up in the street in the like street. we're animals. Yeah. Listen, I'm not trying to cross the border in the southern United States. Treat been me there. like a human. Yep. Too soon. Yeah, it's, I'm yeah. going back to the U.S. to D.C. in two weeks, and I'm not ready, but I've got to be ready. Yeah. 
So this time when you're going, you need to let people know when you're crossing the border so we can like keep an eye out for you. Well, I'll be with, uh, you won't yeah. be alone either. I, yeah. was, I was alone. Can we slap a tile on you somewhere? Put it in Five your- Five o'clock at night in Buffalo. Can we stick a tile in the old prison <laughs> yeah. wall so I can track you? Yeah, uh, uh, I'll be dropping pins all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe pre-contact some lawyers. <laughs> uh, but as Selena and Barnes, <laughs> the rest of New York. Um, well, I mean, I have scaled back. I've seen 10 movies probably for the last four or five years at TIFF, which is a nice, it's a nice compromise for me. I can't do 40 or 50 movies. Um, I just, I can't and I don't want to. Listen, I'm not trying to do 40, but I, I, I'd like to do 30. Well, it's... But I don't know if I'd like to do 30, because last year was kind of like iffy, but also that was reflected in their numbers. But here's the challenge. Um, right now, they're still in a transitional phase, mm -hmm. although they promoted Cameron. Um, yeah. The other uh, co-head is still lingering around, it's so appears, I feel yeah. to, like some of, the, some of the, the challenges we have with that whole European side of the program being a lot of dead weight yeah. in the programming. Do you think that only a man who wears a turtleneck and a blazer and different colored slacks can program. It's just, I'm concerned about investing that much money this year. Well, here's the thing. When I, I doubt, like with all the changes, except for Jane, and I can't go 100% Jane just because sometimes Jane movies are scheduled at the same time. like. And there's no Colin anymore, so I, I don't know if I can get enough movies out of like a Jane Tom little bit of Cameron. Well, here's how it's worked for me over the past few years. So probably like in that same five year time frame, um, I used to always see my favorite movie at TIFF. That hasn't happened for years. No. But there are a number of factors that... Yeah, I'm not seeing a fish tank there yeah. anymore. There are a number of factors that have led to that. First of all, I'm only seeing 10 movies, but there, but that also means that I'm not seeing things that I think might be interesting. I'm not seeing a lot of... Doc well, I'm seeing probably at 30% documentaries, but I'm not seeing movies that I look at and go, hmm, that might be interesting. Uh, I've you know cut down on the foreign fare. So I'm trying to see things that I think will be in my wheelhouse because I have a limited number of choices and I haven't been seeing my favorite movies. Um, and also um, special presentations are, they're largely premium. So the um, number of films that are available to the general um, movie viewing audience that doesn't want to pay for premium tickets has gotten so much smaller. And over the course of the year, now the, you know, I mean, you can have great movies released in February now. Um, so throughout the year, there just seems to be way more access to good films. So I don't feel like that one 10-day period in September is where the good movies are concentrated. I think they're more spread out over the year. So I'm very comfortable with seeing 10 movies. I think I'll see some good stuff, but I don't feel like it's essential. Having said that, because it's only 10 and I don't have to take time off and I can do it on weekends and evenings, I'm okay with it, so I probably always do that. But my expectations of what TIFF can give me have been, you know, they've they've changed a lot over the last few years. Yeah, so still haven't bought my package. Don't know for sure if I'm going to get thirty. I'm probably for sure going to go. Though. I'm going to get I'm going to get some, but I don't know if I'm going to get hmm. as many as I have before. I think uh, that definitely this year. I probably won't be getting any tickets for anybody else besides boyfriends, so that also helps me keep the overall buy down. I mean, this shit is expensive. Like yeah. these movies. That's like, the thing. It used to be at a like price for me, point where I could get yeah. tickets for other people and just be like, "Here, friend and partner who've never seen a TIFF movie, yeah. 
tell me what you like and I'll give you a ticket. I'm not doing that this year. But it's literally $25 per movie. If you buy like 10 tickets, it's $250 with taxes and whatever. It's not an inexpensive proposition. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, that's, you know, that's, you know, part of a plane ticket somewhere good. So I don't feel... Or at least a good meal. But yeah, that, yeah, well, very good meal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, you know, that's also too, it's like, it's a cost benefit analysis. Um, I, I don't have to take a week off and I don't have to spend five, $600. I'd rather spend the money somewhere else. And the thing is, good movies, like it's, look, when I was younger, I... And still, like, I'm still an opening weekend movie kind of person. We live in a big market, so we get to do that for the most part. But part of it was seeing, like, a world premiere or a North American premiere. But the cost doesn't really, um, it doesn't matter that much. Any good movie will come out um, eventually. So I've gotten a lot more chill about that part of the festival. And I've just learned to, you know, most people I know would not have seen these movies anyway, so... I'm okay with it. You just have to stay away from variety reviews the week of the festival because they review everything that comes out of TIFF. Just steer clear of that and you're good. Was that your schedule from last year? I'm trying to look at my schedule from last year. I think, is there anything that I saw last year? That, that blew your mind, yeah. I mean, Death of Stalin I actually did really like Ugh. and it's barely screened anywhere. I couldn't get through the movie. You couldn't get through movie. it? Okay. Nope, didn't find it funny at all. All right. And I love uh, Veep. I love uh, the thick of it. Uh, while... I really did enjoy the gospel according to Andre. Uh, yeah, I have not seen that. The but, but that Andre, just, that fancy actually, Uncle Andre. Yeah, that actually just came out um, recently because he was interviewed on, on Fresh Air with Terry Gross uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I really did enjoy Les Affamés. It was like a, a Canadian-French zombie movie. I think it won one of the awards at the end of the festival. It was, like, it was legit good, and I don't really like... Hmm. Zombie movies, like that's not really my you, jam. Yeah, you said French Canadian zombie movies. Yeah, three things that will keep me yeah. um, away from seeing any film. Uh, Public Schooled, uh, that was mm -hmm. I think. Was that the one with Judy Greer and Grace Park in it? Sure. Or was that Don't Talk to Irene? No, Public Schooled was. Don't Talk to Irene was also good. Yeah, there's a couple of smaller ones. I saw obviously you know Shape of Water. I talked mm -hmm. enough about yep. that. Um. Black Cop, I did. Like, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, we both saw that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really good, and that was And one. I probably would have missed it, if not for TIFF, because it came and went in, in theaters. In, like, a blink of an yeah. eye. Yeah, and I, I probably wouldn't have seen it. Well, although, although I do love Rebecca Hall. She would have gotten me to see it. But by the time I heard about it, I probably would have been out of theaters. I would yeah. have watched it some other way. Yeah. The director was actually there. Mm -hmm. Like, JB's, Billy Code. Like, they were there yeah. for the Q&A, and I actually... Like, I got the full TIFF experience, and that was, like day six of the festival it was an unexpected surprise because it was a lot but i actually chose that movie it wasn't our first choice i yeah it i just chose it the last minute but it, it uh it was fantastic one of my favorite movies last year yeah yeah and i actually got a, an okay seat that was the whole weird assigned seating oh we got to Princess move up. and actually i got to move up because i was sitting in a row yeah and then they moved me up like six rows yeah uh, in the Fade, that uh, movie from the former Mrs. Pacey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I the Diane Kruger. Kruger. It was good, but it was it was a lot. Mm. Um, she does nothing for me. Yeah, I mean, I liked her in it, but you know, and then Three Billboards was later in the week, yeah, which you yeah, and I both enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, much to the chagrin of a lot of other people. Yeah, I still uh, liked it in the moment. Me too. Uh, Carter Effect, which I liked way more than I thought I would because not really that much of a basketball person, yeah. more a baseball person. And uh, Revenge, which I enjoyed later in the week. That was like the 
uh, Midnight Madness that I saw that had sort of your kind of typical exploitation of woman kind of thing teed up at the front and then it takes a real turn and I enjoyed that turn very much so you know oh and the breadwinner saw that as well oh I, I like I, that it was animated uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have not watched that but it was I ha- good I have access to it I hear it's great yeah, it was really good so you know I saw like a bunch of good movies but I also saw a bunch that I'm like yeah. I, I they, normally most years they're even the ones that I'm kind of like that was an even or whatever I'm still glad I saw it. Tiff, I can't necessarily say that about these. Yes, it's a lot. 30 is a lot. Yeah. There's no problem with stepping back. And 30 is a lot, especially when, to your point, to see some of the good things. If you have only three screenings of a movie and you make two premium Tiff, you are fucking me. And that's not okay. Because then I only have one chance yeah. to see a movie with my 10-pack, and then I have to compete against everything else that's in that slot. And quite frankly, like, after and the first week, like, the second week is yeah, really the drag. It's so. not cool. Like, in, I feel like in the old days, except for in the first two to three days of the festival, where sometimes you guys would double up on a movie and give it two premiums, there was only, like, one premium screening of something, and then you would have a chance to see it again. And you would especially have a chance to see it again where at least one person's in town. Like, I don't need yeah. everyone there. Well, the thing but is, like, even like, I sometimes even like it better when just a writer's even there for the Q&A. Because if I have a, you know, have space yeah. before my next movie and I have time, like, sometimes, you know, when it's just a writer who almost never gets asked questions when the talent's there, they give some of the most interesting answers. Well, the thing is, I mean, it's a trade-off. So there are more tickets available. It's almost... It's not almost impossible, but it's quite rare to not be able to see a movie that you want at TIFF. Yeah. Some way, somehow. So there are more um, individual seats available for screening, but that just means that they just have more non-talent uh, screenings because they have so many venues now. Um, so yeah, you could see a movie in the second week, but you're not going to see anybody. And for some people, that's not a motivating factor, but I actually do like a good Q&A. Like it's just, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why you're paying $25 to see a stupid movie in the Elgin, which is a shitty, shitty, shitty theater. It's not made for projecting films. So why would you want to be in an uncomfortable chair in a theater that's not meant to be projected? Uh, not, you're not meant to see a movie projected sitting in the balcony and have nothing. Like it's just, why am I paying two and a half times what it would normally cost to see that movie. Well, the answer to the question, are you not entertained? Occasionally, no, Tim. Yeah, I am yeah, not. Yeah. So and it's, it's give me a list of something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Meditation Park, which I actually did quite enjoy. Uh, it was at the Ken, um, Ken Park. Um, uh, what's his name? Gus Van Zandt? Mm, no. I'm thinking of something It else had a... Uh, God, why can't I remember her name? She's uh, blowing up again. She's in Killing Eve. Tedro? Yeah, she it wasn't a main in it, but she was in it, and it was quite good. Oh, this is by the same woman who directed Double Happiness. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, so you know that movie I'll catch was up with good. That. Yeah, it was uh, Mina Shum directed it, and Sandra Oh, and uh, but the main actress was Cheng Pei Pei, I believe, uh, and uh, Tsima, who people probably recognize from a bunch of shit. He's like really been out in them streets. Uh, Arrival, Rush Hours, Lady Killer. Like this guy, he's been in all the things. Like if you see him, you're like, he's basically like Asian hates that guy. Oh, I know that guy. Exactly. He's always playing someone's dad. Yeah. Someone's really traditional dad. Yeah. <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, I, I really did love that movie. It was really good. So yeah, I guess uh, listener, considering that I'm way too lazy to buy another domain and my podcast is named in a tiff, I'll go this year. But mm-hmm. I don't know how many movies I'm gonna see. You don't have to see thirty. Like that's that was the hardest thing was to go from. Because I went from 40 to 20. Yeah. And then from 20 to 10, and I've never looked back. I've never been happier. I know. I mean, but you were doing it longer than I was. And yeah. I, I mean, and and almost I, everybody I else. I stepped down a long time ago, yeah. and I'm okay with it. I don't regret um, my decision. And because the festival is different, it doesn't feel the same. There isn't the same kind of buzz. Mm. Um, it's not the same festival to me. Like, it, you know, you, you don't stand in a line outside the uptown and hear people talking about how great a movie is and get all excited because you have it on your schedule. It's not the same. Yeah. And that's fine. They, okay. not, things don't have to change. That's fine. I mean, things do change, but it, they don't, not everything is as it was and that's fine. And I'm okay with letting go. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it is also, in the old days, you could think, oh, there's like a Steve McQueen movie coming out. He might be holding it for TIFF or whatever. Now, between... Uh, Netflix and Amazon and everything else, people are not holding their movies to release them and launch them at festivals anymore. Like something like Sorry to Bother You, I would have thought that would have waited for Tiff in the old days. And now it's coming out in July. So I'm also very excited about that. So yeah, I think uh, in my, you know, if I want to pre predict my top five, ten, uh, this year, for sure, Black Panther will be Ooh, in there. Widows? What if Widows sure, is there? For sure, Widows will be in there. For sure, Sorry to Bother You is going to be in there. And, you know, fuck no, 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 not your top five, but yeah. if Widows comes to TIFF, it's possible. Oh, it is, because it is opening November. It's opening November. That's one where but I But it's going to be a, it would be be a special, it's gonna it be would special be presentation or, or a gala. So, yeah. yeah, we're, so still. I mean, I did buy premium tickets this year for Shape of Water for Mary. Yeah, but that was a special... It was special, and I also because I was with her, I got to sit like in the, you know, people who worked on the movie section, yeah. and that was baller as fuck. I don't know. I 100% don't think, unless I get super lucky, and it's one of Cameron's picks, and he sees me, and we have one of those rare moments where he gives me the black lady brother nod, and then, like, I get to slide into, like, you know, the DMs as they're, you know, ripping the paper off a seat. Other than that, mm-hmm. I'm probably like no. They're in the color section. Absolutely, yeah. It's gonna be very kill a mockingbird top balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Side entrance. <laughs> yes, they deserve Viola to Desmond, die. who will soon be on our five dollar bill. <laughs> she went to a theater in Amherst, and they made her sit in the balcony. I could have that history entirely wrong, but I think I'm pretty right. I feel like you would know it for well, some reason. Well, I mean, I think that's true. I have a good memory for these things. And plus, yeah. you know, Nova Scotia represent. Yeah. Um, so should uh, how long is it? Should we? No, we're wrapping this up. Oh, we're, we're, we're making this a short. Let's one. wrap this up like a like a like a, a gonorrhea condom. Right. I don't know what a gonorrhea condom is. I don't know. I was gonna ask you if you'd watch Pose when you started talking about wrapping. I did. Up. I watched the loved the first episode. I loved the first episode. That's all I've watched. Yeah. I haven't watched anything else yet. Yeah, I. Don't know if I will be in for the long haul. Great pilot, great music, great performances. Um, like uh, I was mad when I, I saw white people show up, but even yeah, but they the showed up so late. Okay, yeah. Okay, but why? Okay, I know that billing is based on like contracts, but why the fuck is Kate Mara's second build on this show where she is a 
tertiary character. Because nobody knows who any of the other people best. are. But the, uh, JJ or AJ Rodriguez is the lead of the show. This yeah. is like a, uh, the woman who plays the mother of the house. Blanca. Of, yes, Blanca, the, the mother of the house of Evangelista. I am she's, his mother. She's the lead of the show. Yeah. Like, hands down. Yeah. Um, and she's like seventh or eighth. And it's just it's stupid. Yeah. Because Kate Mara doesn't... Like, I don't know why she took this role. I know she's married to uh, Jamie Bell, and she's maybe decided that Rooney's going to be the movie star. But I don't understand why she would have taken this role. It's a nothing role. Like, it's a no, it's nothing. Like, the second episode, her whole thing is she wants a dishwasher. I mean... That's her, char- that's her, her character's arc. Yeah, she's playing like a low-rent Betty Draper. Here's, it's, here's the challenge. I We say things like this, but then I was watching uh, <laughs> yes, one of those variety... Um, video things with Jodie Foster and she's doing a breakdown of her career. Yeah. And legit for every single job Yeah. she talks about except for Taxi Driver where because she'd worked with uh, him before. Who? De Niro? De Niro. He like said you know get this kid instead and her her and her mom were like are you sure? And he's like no don't worry. I thought um, she was also at Alice Doesn't Live Here anymore yeah. and that was um, yeah Scorsese. so that was Scorsese. yeah so yeah. that was or so maybe it was Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese anyway, I think. Point yeah. is for every single job, every single whatever, she talks about how she had to like fight, knock down doors, like convince people, whatever. Like for little man Tate, they mm-hmm. said no, she had to get it financed herself. Right. And even in the comments on YouTube, which are normally uh, a nightmare wrapped in screams, like people are like, and in not a disingenuous way, just like a legit. I can't believe Jodie Foster is talking about having to fight for every single job she's gotten, like even. Including and after Sons of the Lamb. So, like, after she'd won an Oscar for the yeah. accused, she still had to fight. She said, like, because they already had another actress in mind. Oh, for She sounds, was like, for silent? please let me be your second choice. For well, Panic Room, it was supposed to be Nicole Kidman, and she oh, yeah. had a problem with her knee. And yeah. they, like, called, like, she has, like, either, like, been the runner-up or whatever for, like, most of the big roles you know her for. So, like, why is Mara taking that? Because it's still... Yes, me too, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's still, like, it's a shit industry for women if you want to, like, maybe have a job where it's, like, good money, good hours, and who knows how many jobs she could have been offered where, you know, low-key people know, oh, well, this sounds like a good project, but the director's kind of a perv and screams at people and whatever, and she's rich enough to, like, not have to make those compromises in terms of, like, what she needs to do to keep working. Well, I guess, then let me restate it. It's not more why did she take the role it's why was a role offered to her because um i would have been much happier with that role being taken by an unknown and not have kate mara at the top of the uh, at the top of the credits because it seems weird uh how, you know, evan, they might give her more to do later though well maybe i mean evan peters uh is i think um the i think he's first build because he's mm-hmm. sort of like the best known but it, you know he actually is doing something with his character yeah she's he's not going do- through something she's yeah. not doing anything and it, it just seems like so yeah the credits are dumb and kate mara is not an actor who i enjoy so when i say why did you take the role i'm almost like mm, not that the role is is beneath her it's just like i don't yeah but i, if, I don't need her in but even thing. if you look at the billing and who was making it onto the talk shows and whatever for the first season of Orange is the New Black, or the first part of the first season, or compared to now, Shiller. yeah, like, so hopefully this will evolve. Yeah, well, I certainly hope so. Yeah, I'll put AJ Rodriguez, whose name I hope I'm not butchering. Yeah, um, AJ on, on on the show and the mother yeah. of the House of Abundance. Yeah. I'm not sure what the actress's name is, but she is giving everything. everything. 
I mean, and I, I mean, and actually, uh, Jeannie Livingston, who um, directed um, Paris is Burning, is a consulting producer because this. It's very much this could the not, DNA. Yeah, like those it could balls not exist. are exactly like those balls are taken right out of Paris is Burning. Um, but yeah, they but they get it right. Like it feels very authentic to me. <laughs> Or oh, MJ Rodriguez. MJ Rodriguez. Okay, yeah. so I was very close. You're very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean the fact that they brought, you know, Janet Mock on to do uh, initially some writing and then now directing as well. It's been, they, they really, they didn't want to screw it up. They didn't, honestly, the only thing that's really a problem on the show is the way it's marketed and the way people are built. Yeah, so even I, Billy Porter should be like more oh, he's, top he's billed. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna give it four episodes, but if it does, so it got a little into the weeds in the second episode. So I'm gonna give it two more episodes to write the ship. If not, I don't have the. I don't have the. I'll still watch it. The, I can't. Oh I, my god, James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek is really good in this. He was built to play this guy. So good. Yeah. Um, so good. And there's very little of him, so he's actually he's strategically yeah. deployed. Yeah. Uh, which would be the difference. He has, you know, probably the same amount of screen time as Kate Mara, but he's doing something with it. Oh my it. God, he is chewing. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, like I said, two more episodes, and then I might be out because I got other things to do. Yeah. All right. So, we are going to hit that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may watch an episode of the new Queer, Queer Eye. Eye. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. We have to so. watch the second episode because All I right. watched the first episode. But it, there's no... I mean, it doesn't... There, a, there, there's no yeah. story arc. Okay. And except for maybe... I feel like Karamo's trying to tell us a story with his bombers. I need to go back and like... He's very... There's no patterns in the first episode. Yeah. He wears two bombers, no patterns. Interesting. And they do a lady. Ooh. It's, it's all that. All right. Well, <laughs> something most of those guys probably haven't done. Anthony mentions it. He says, I haven't done a lady for, <laughs> for years. <laughs> I love Anthony. He's useless, but he's, he doesn't even cook this episode. Oh, my God. But he's so cute. Is he not even like a little avocado slice? No, he? he says, I'm just like, normally I teach. This time I'm here to observe and oh, to learn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah, I love Anthony. Bless his heart. Yeah, he's, he's, it's a good episode. All right. And that's it. This is a short one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, listen. That's what she said. Oh, it's yeah. a, it's a yeah. pity if she did. But yeah, <laughs> listener, if you're out there, uh, please Google the Widows trailer. Just Widows, it's called. Uh, yeah. Directed by one Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. You may know him from such movies as Hunger, Shame, or 12 Years a Slave. Yes. And get ready to uh, have your socks blown off. Ugh. Yeah, it's the trailer is like it's legit. It's like it's, it, never has a bag seemed heavier than when Viola Davis was carrying it. Yeah, and you can quote me on that. That's a great quote, actually. It is. It seems very poetic. Absolutely. I think Rumi said that. <laughs> and we are out.